kitchen, right? And then on the other side of that wall in the back will be uh, bathrooms. And so we'll have kitchens and bathrooms over there. And then there'll be a door right around here somewhere that'll lead between the two buildings. And um, it'll be covered, of course. Um, and it has to be a firewall, a fire door and that kind of stuff. But, um, um, and so, um, so that's all we know. Uh, any, any questions? Yeah, uh, we're probably going to get um, um, moisture barrier because uh, those windows will sweat with the paper, and we'll use duct tape because we're not we're not keeping the windows anyway. So we use sticky, you know, impossible to get off uh, tape there. Painters tape, you know, painters tape works really good for the first 15 or 20 minutes, right? And then it just falls off. And so, uh, but that no, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll cover them all up and duct tape everything to the windows. Um, and they're supposed to meet with the um, the city something in the next few days and find out about if there's any grants that they can uh, give us for all the outside. So the city has got a grant program uh, for places that are, I think they're like everything like six feet past our building um, and they'll do like a 75-25. Uh, so they'll pay for 75% and, and we'd pay for 25% of anything exterior. So like all the painting and awning and lighting and, and uh, driveways and even the windows and doors all that would be covered under a city grant if we can get them to um, get them the grant. So we believe God for favor, amen. Favor with God and man, and so uh, they can give money to to uh, the heathen, right? Uh, they can give money to the Lord's work, amen. And so we're not we're not opposed to them giving money to other, other people, but um, uh, that'd be fine to give that to us as well. So um, and if it doesn't work out, I don't have a thus saith the Lord either way. The Lord will provide, amen. The Lord always provides, and so. They're not our source, um, but if they want to give us money, we'll be glad to take it. So, uh, any other questions about uh, about that? Uh, so we'll be here tomorrow at 4:30, and if we need it, we can come back on Saturday at one o'clock because we've got to also. Um, there's a little bit of stuff on the other side of the building we got to clean up because they're going to put the they're going to do all the bathrooms on both sides of the building, but the the second half of the building we're going to leave it unfinished except for the bathrooms. Uh, and so, if some and the, the plan is we would lease that out to somebody, but we won't do anything until they tell us, you know, do they want rooms and, uh, you know, and we, we could finish that out for somebody else, but, um, and then we've got to run power, part of the power's got to run all the way back over here, and so we've got to clean out just a, a, enough space for them to, to do whatever work back here, because they're going to run between the buildings there, and so, and, um, and we'll make sure that everybody gets to see the plan before we start doing anything, right, because some, some people know a lot more about stuff than I do, right, and so. Uh, well, a lot of people know a lot more stuff than I do, so we make sure we do things, uh, we like to do things well, right? We don't want to do halfway, especially when it comes to things like plumbing, electric. We don't want to just duct tape it, and uh, I think I was telling James, when we, when we disassembled the building next door, uh, we'd come across, there'd be like wires, like five wires, just electric taped together, you know, not even a wire nut, just taped, right? And uh, in fact, uh, someone was helping me do all that. I said, can you believe somebody did this? I mean, who would do something like this? And they're like, uh, yeah, I did that like 30 years ago. It was them. They did it, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I wasn't like, you know, they should be shot or anything, but, you know, uh, so sometimes you got to be careful about uh, noticing that something is done poorly because the person that you're talking to, oh, yeah, I did that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, what's that? Yeah, what's the chances of that, right? Yeah, I did that very thing right there. You know, it's like, well, you should have done that. 
So, but I wasn't there when they did it. So anyway, so <clears throat> the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, so we'll be here tomorrow at 4.30. And, um, and depending on how much help we have, um, there's, I think there's only like six or 8,000 windows over there. So it shouldn't take that long. There's so many windows over there, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but um, we'll get it done. Amen. It won't take that long because it doesn't have to be done perfectly. That's all going to be thrown away anyway. It's good enough to uh, keep the prying eyes out. And so they can leave their tools over there. And, and um, I've, since then, I've boarded up all the windows. Uh, and it looks like, you know, uh, like all the windows are boarded up, right? But it's still better than having the windows open. Uh, and so, uh, and we're actually going to keep, uh, you may not remember or not, but there was a bunch of old metal, ancient metal doors that were in that building that came over in the ark. We're going to get them all refinished and use all those old metal doors. So it'll be really cool, you know, when we have it. So if you're in the bathroom, it'll be impossible to break into the bathroom because they've got these giant metal doors there, right? And so that were original from the building. And, and so the guys back here that do all the cabinet work, uh, they're really, really good at the stuff they do. And so um, they'll get that project to refinish those doors and, and make them look really cool. So uh, anyway, any, any other questions? It'll be fun, right? Oh, yeah. Just buckle up, hang on for the ride, because we've got to get it done uh, in about six weeks, right? So. <laughs> Oh yeah, and so these chairs back here. So, uh, so the other thing, and, and let's go over this real quick. Um, so, for the meeting in April, um, we don't really know how many people are coming, but I suspect there's going to be a lot of people here, right? Because this is something, Brother Randy. Everybody knows Brother Randy and his ministry has been hearing about this meeting that he's wanted to do for years, and so now he's going to actually do it, uh, and so and he's doing it here. Um, so we could have, I mean, we could literally have a hundred people come. Uh, and right now we've got 55 chairs in there, so uh, we've got 85 of these chairs, and we can get a bunch of them in there, but we're going to take all that furniture out from the back of the church there, and then when we have the meeting, we'll, we'll, well we can't lock this door, but we'll uh, have everybody come in through the children's church and come in that way, and then we can run the chairs all the way to the back wall here, and so we're going to get uh, 50 of these folding chairs to fill in all the space beyond uh, th uh, these nice chairs here, and then when we get done with them, we'll use all those folding chairs, nice folded padded chairs for the, um, uh, uh, for the fellowship hall. So it, they won't go to waste, amen? Uh, and so, um, any, anything else about that? We're good? All right, so uh, just, uh, let's see, what is it, what's today's date? February the what, 28th? Uh, well, it used to be the last day of February, but they decided to add a day, right, to, um, uh, make it exciting and so um so we're uh i told them i wanted to be done by april the 15th because uh, the meeting is april the 30th uh it's like telling somebody who's who's uh, always late well we're eating eating lunch at 12 right even though we don't plan on eating lunch till three uh, but you know sometimes you got to tell people you know hey we're gonna we're gonna start at at 12 so they can when they show up at three you know it works out so um so but i told them i wanted it done by because sometimes, you know, schedules get behind and, you know, people don't show up. But um, we'll do whatever we need to do on our part to help things along, right? If, if we can do things that, uh, I know when we redid the uh, sanctuary here, I was here a lot. And several other folks are here a lot just doing little things, right? Cause sometimes it's the little things that's holding everything up, right? Well, we can't do anything until it gets to, uh, you know, plug over there. So anyway, we'll, um, uh, if any of you have time and, and have the ability to do some things to help, uh, none of it's really all that uh, difficult to do, but uh, it's just stuff, right? Just stuff.
and it's all good, amen? And, um, um, and you know, uh, let me encourage this too. You know, when we did the sanctuary, before we started the sanctuary, you know, I encouraged everybody, you know, anytime that a church does a building program, uh, it, it can, if you're not careful, people can get under pressure. You know, they get uncomfortable. Things aren't, aren't the same as they were yesterday. Uh, and I, and I, so I encourage everybody, just, you know, hang on, it'll be okay, you know. And we still lost people, you know. They just quit coming to the church, you know, after that. Uh, and um, because of a floor, you know, or, or, or light. I don't, I don't know why they, they never did tell me why they left. They just, but they just left. Uh, and so, uh, of course, I'm not your Holy Ghost, but, um, you know, it's just stuff, right? Uh, and it's just money. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't, they never tell me, you know, they didn't say they were mad about the, the money we spent or anything. So I don't, I don't know why. Maybe they weren't mad about anything. Maybe just, you know, life, I, you know, who knows. But, um, but, you know, anytime a church goes through a, 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 pro, a project like that, uh, sometimes it, people can get under pressure about just the change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, you know, the, from, from my perspective, the way I see it is, uh, am, am I still breathing air? If I'm still breathing air, then I'm going to have to change because I don't look like Jesus yet. And until I look just like Jesus, I'm going to have to change in my life. Yeah. I, I can't ever say, and I know people say it, but I, I never say it, that's just the way that I am. Because then that says, then I, then I will never change. And the Lord's like, but we had a whole list of things to fix. And you don't want to change anything. We're, 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 what are we going to do now, right? Because you know he's got a list. You know he's got a list right now for all of us. Amen. Uh, I've got a list for some of you, but you know he's got a list for all of us. And so... Uh, you, you don't think he's going to uh, talk to you tomorrow about things you've got to change? He, every day. Every day. Do you look like him yet? Do you sound like him? Do you act like him? If, if the answer is no, then you've got, there's some changing you've got to do. Amen? And if there's changing you've got to do, then, then that's just part of life. Amen? Uh, and um, I always ask my kids, you know, how old are you? And they tell me how old. I say, you're, you're too young to be in a rut. Uh, because, you know, sometimes people get in a rut. Well, that's just what I want to do, you know? Well, you know, there's, there's other things in life, right? I mean, you, can, uh, you don't have to be settled and put in concrete, but that's just the way that I am when you're eight years old, right? Well, that's just, that's just the way I tie my shoes, Dad. You know, well, you know, you're only eight, so uh, uh, you, can, you can learn how to do that correctly, amen? Uh, and so, uh, and, it's, and if, you, if you live that way, then, then you never shut the Lord off from speaking to you because as soon as you say, that's the way that I am, then he makes note of that, and he, will, he may never, ever say anything to you about that again the rest of your natural life. Because if you say, Lord, don't talk to me about that, you know, unless he just, you know, uh, just really decides to try to help you more, he may never say anything to you about that. Uh, and, and, you may, and, you know, the thing that we've got to be careful about is uh, the Lord's silence is not the same as the Lord's approval. Just because he doesn't say something to you about changing something in your life does not mean he approves of that of your life. Now, if he comes out and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant in that area, then that's fine. But just because he doesn't talk to you about, you know, how cranky you are in the mornings until you had your 12th cup of coffee, that doesn't mean he approves of you being that way. It just means that you may not have allowed him to speak to you about that. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, I, had, I have learned that. I learned that many years ago from my pastor that uh, we were, we were at a, uh, he was at a meeting one time and he was speaking at this meeting, and then they had lunch for us, and I had traveled with him to the meeting. So we were sitting eating lunch, and, and he, this lady was talking to him, and she was just saying that's the dumbest, I mean, just dumb stuff. It just, you know, stuff didn't make no sense, right? Uh, and, and he was just going, hmm, hmm. 
He wasn't saying, yeah, amen, you know, because sometimes that, that sounds like approval, right? So he was just doing, hmm. Uh, and so uh, we got done with lunch and done with the meeting. We were heading back home, and I said, Pastor, I said, I've got one goal in my life. He said, what's that? He said, that whenever I'm talking to you, you don't respond with, hmm. Because I know what you're thinking is that I, what I'm saying is stupid, but you don't want to say that, right? And so that was my goal is I never want to, I either want him to say, yeah, that's right, amen, or, you know, that's dumb. But I don't want him to just say, hmm, because then, you know, then I know. Then I know that he's, he's not approving of what I'm saying, you know, and his lack of approval is not the same as acceptance, amen. Uh, and it's the same thing with the Lord. He may never say anything to you about it. You know, I mean, you look at uh, the Lord in his, uh, when he had the disciples, how many times did I do uh, crazy things like tell the blind man to shut up and quit bothering him? Did the Lord say anything about it, about that, about being so rude, about unkind to people that needed help? No. But does that mean that he approved of it? No. It means he didn't say anything about it. Amen. Other times, you know, that he said things to them. He corrected them and, and, and confronted them. But a lot of times he let it go. And see, sometimes people think, well, if the Lord doesn't, doesn't rebuke me, then he's approving of my actions and my words. That's not the case, right? You've got to be careful. You should ask for a positive yes or no. Lord, is this right? Amen. Uh, you know, uh, Brother Hagen tells a story. I was out mowing the yard one time, and I listened to the story. And, you know, back, you know, he had these big giant headphones on back then, right? And so now you got these little tiny ones. But anyway, so I'm, I'm listening. And so he was at lunch. You know, he was traveling minister, and there was a pastor and his wife at lunch, and, and uh, Brother Hagen's wife was there too at lunch. And so the, the pastor's wife was saying, Brother Hagen, let me tell you about this new revelation I've got. And she went on this revelation, and, and, and uh, she said, isn't that right? He said, well, you're talking, you know, go ahead, you know. Uh, and she went on some more, and he says, she said, isn't that right? You know, don't you agree with that? He said, well, this is not my conversation, this is your conversation. So he, he's, he's avoiding, you know, approving of her, of her, of her uh, crazy story, because he said it was, it was 100% wrong. Uh, and, and so... She, she finally set her fork down and said, Brother, I, I, want, I want to know, is, is what I'm saying right or not? He said, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And she got so mad at him, she took, picked up a, a, a glass of, of tea and threw it in his face. And so he picked up a glass of tea and threw it in her face. <laughs> and so she picked up another one through it, and he picked up another one through it. Now, the whole time she's throwing tea, she's mad as a wet hen. Every time he's throwing tea, he's laughing at her, just laughing at her. Uh, and so I'm laughing, listening to the story, right? And so she finally picks up a, a, another glass of tea, he picks up the picture. And so then she called a truce, right? Because he's got a whole picture of tea. You know, he's going he's gonna to outwin the, the tea fight there. Uh, and so now his wife's sitting there the whole time. And she's not saying anything, right? And I've asked my wife a lot of times, you know, uh, what would you do if I'd done that? Because I could throw a picture of uh, a tea and laugh the whole time. I'd laugh the whole, I'd be laughing. It'd be so funny. I'd laugh. You know, I don't, I don't know if my wife would laugh, but I would laugh. I could do it and I'd laugh, right? Uh, and so, so I was laughing at that story uh, because she, you know, she's telling a story and she, she demands his acceptance and approval. And he's unwilling to do it because if he did it, he'd be lying, right? Oh, yeah, that's fine, right? Uh, and a lot of times we, we accept and approve of people's crazy thoughts, you know. Now, you don't have to correct everything you see, right? It's not your job. You're not the, you're not the sheriff of the body of Christ, right? Uh, but you also don't have to approve things to, to make people feel good about themselves. Amen? You know, we had, we had a fellow one time uh, when, my pastor, when I was with my pastor. He'd ask different people to lead the adult Sunday school class. 
And it, he set it up to where you'd have to get up and put a mic on and you know, do it like just kind of a service like this. Uh, and he did that to help train people because people that, that thought they were supposed to be in a ministry, that's good training, right? You've you got to prepare notes and you've got to you know, do a regular service. And, uh, and so, uh, so he had this one fellow get up and do it. Uh, and, um, and, and, he got, and I was running sound, and so he got up and said, you know, I've not studied or prayed all week long. You know, I said, uh, I haven't done anything to prepare for today. And it, so the rest of so it went downhill from there, right? Because you know, it's a 45-minute Sunday school class, and, and so he just blah, 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 right? Told some stories, you know, told about his mom and his daddy, you know, and, and uh, his chickens and whatever he talk, talked about. But it, it, he didn't prepare, so, it, you know. Now, I got done, and I had to collect the microphone. I didn't say nothing to him, right? It's not my job. So, you know, it's like, well, it was terrible. It was terrible, but none of my business, right? You know, it's between him and the pastor. And so, so I'm up there collecting his microphone. This one a lady comes up. And she goes, oh, that was so good. You did a fine job. You know, that's all right. Hang in. It'll be okay. I'm like, why are you lying to him? He did a terrible job. And if he can't do better than that, he shouldn't come back. You know, I mean, you get a, that's a big opportunity. To stand at another man's pulpit is a great honor. And to not, you know, to not even grant it enough uh, honor in your life to, to, to treat it as such is really disrespectful to the Lord Jesus and, his, and the ministry. And, and so, now look, I didn't say nothing. But she, she had, she felt, because he felt bad, and I felt bad for him, but at the same time, you know, that's a big responsibility. He should have taken it with, with uh, more serious than, than he did. And look, he, I mean, he didn't say, you know, I, I was diagnosed with cancer, or my mother died, or, you know, the, the, the house burned down. I mean, the, you know, he just said, I just, you know, I just, I didn't do nothing. I didn't, you know. And so, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be that hard on people. That, that's not really asking a lot, right, to... Well, you could just read your Bible, right? And just start those open of Genesis 1-1. You want to? Let's see what it says. Uh, and so, uh, again, you know, we, uh, but, but see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, rebuke him, and I, but I also didn't approve of him, amen? I, didn't, I just left him neutral because it's none of my business, right? To me, he doesn't answer to me. I'm not in charge of the Sunday school. I'm not the pastor of the church. Uh, and so, anyway, the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, I don't know what any of that stuff was for, but it's so good, right? And so uh, if you learn how to work with the Lord, uh, it makes your life a lot easier, amen? You should never fear asking the Lord about what he thinks about what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're saying or what you believe. Some people, they're afraid to ask. You know, you shouldn't be asked, afraid to ask other people. You know, I ask my wife a lot, hey, what do you think about this? You know, the Lord showed this to me. You know, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good, uh, uh, it's good to have other people go, well, you know, I want to rethink that one, you know, and so uh, now if you're, you know, if you're so full of pride that, you know, well, you know, I got this revelation from God, really, well, that's great, you know, uh, let's hear it, oh, it's just between me and God, yeah, whatever, right, uh, and so, in fact, there was a fellow that was teaching one time, and Brother Hagin was in the, in the service, and he, he was, said some kind of really far off things, and Brother Hagin went up to him, and maybe Brother Hagin was telling the story, um, and they went up to the fellow and said, you need to show me that where you got that in the Bible. You know, isn't that a fair, that's a fair statement, right? And if, if you ever hear me say anything, you should come up and say the same thing. Where'd you get that in the Bible? Could you give me book, chapter, and verse for that, right? He said, oh, I'm way beyond that thing. He's called the Bible that thing. I'm way beyond that thing. Okay, well, you're, you're really way beyond if you're beyond the Bible, amen? Uh, and so nothing we, should, nothing we say should be impossible to confirm from the scriptures, Amen. Uh, and, you know, uh, years ago, I was reading after uh, uh, did some studying on the book of Revelation, and I was reading a particular book on the book of Revelation, 
And they would just come out and just say, well, this means this. Uh, and I really had a hard time because they never backed up why they said it meant that. They didn't say, well, based on in Daniel, as, you know, as he had said this, or you know, from Ezekiel, you know, and we tie these things together, and this is where we come up from. He said, oh, yeah, this means this. And, I, and I've seen a lot of ministers just say things, well, this, this, is, what, this is what happened. And it's like, well, okay, but where'd you get that from, you know? I mean, some things are just your opinion, you know, and it's kind of obvious, uh, or, you know, sometimes I'll even tell you, well, this is my opinion. Uh, you know, if things don't matter, it's not a big deal, but things that are kind of doctrine important, you know, our basis should only be the Word of God. You know, like, uh, uh, where, where do devils come from? Well, we don't really know. You know, isn't that amazing? We don't really know where devils came from. We have some ideas, there's some hints in the scriptures, and you can teach it, but you can't really say, well, this is absolutely where they came from. Uh, because we don't really know. Uh, you ever thought about that? Where, where they come from, right? Well, they didn't come from Kansas, and so we don't know where they came from. In particular, we got some hints about it, uh, but uh, some things we don't like what happened to Joseph, right? We don't know what happened to Mary, uh, G, uh, Mary and Joseph. We don't know what happened to Joseph. Um, and so, anyway, praise God. Well, let's, uh, we still got plenty of time. Let's pray, and we'll get into the Word tonight. Amen? So, Father, we do thank you for the Word of God. We thank you, Father, that it's the foundation of all that we believe, all that we know about you, Father. We come to your Word humbly, requesting and asking your Spirit to speak to us and teach us and lead us and guide us in all the truth, Father. And so, Father, we, we thank you that he'll do that because we've asked. We grant him the ability and the right to do that in our lives. And so we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to the, to the book of Philippians chapter 4. We'll continue there today. So we've been we've really been talking about uh, some basics in, in the area of finances. And, and uh, you know, you could teach a long time just in this topic because there's so much in the Word of God uh, that actually talks about the topic of finances. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and one thing, if you'll study and be diligent about it, what you'll find is it consistently throughout the Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, is uh, the, the path to financial increase in your life is the path of giving. Uh, and, and so now, uh, have ministers ever used that to, to manipulate you and to kind of pressure you and to manipulate you emotionally to give? 100% that's happened, amen? Does that do away with the concept of, of seed time and harvest? doesn't do away with it, right? Uh, and so, so you can't, you can't, just because there's been uh, abuses in this area, and there clearly have been, you know, Timothy told us that the love of money is the root of all evil. If that's true, and it is true because Paul told us that uh, to, through Timothy, uh, then especially as a minister, you got to double and triple up, make sure that, that you do nothing that, that would try to coerce anybody into giving anything beyond what the Spirit of God tells them to do. Uh, and so, to get up, and, and I've seen ministers, I, I told you that I, I, was, I saw it, right? They were, they were sweat, screaming mad. Uh, and they pulled a verse out of, out of Malachi that said, if you don't tithe, you are cursed with a curse. And they pointed their finger, you all are cursed with a curse if you don't tithe. Well, well, what would that do to somebody if they're not tithing? That would put them under pressure to start tithing, right? Because do you want to be cursed? Well, I don't want to be cursed, so I better get, I start giving, right? So now they're giving not to be a blessing. They're giving out of fear of being cursed. Well, first of all, we live in the New Testament. So you are not cursed if you don't tithe. Uh, and that's not, you know, uh, you know well, you're, you're saying the wrong thing, Pastor. You know, they're not going to give if, if they're not afraid to, to curse. Well, that doesn't make any, you know, I have great confidence in you all. I have great confidence. You love God. I think most Christians love God. And if we just tell people, give because you love God and he, here's what he'll do on your behalf, then, then you leave it alone. Leave, leave the rest alone and let, let people follow their own hearts. 
Uh, you know, so many times ministers are afraid to do things because they fear the people uh, that if, if we don't pressure, just like, you know, we're going to do that stuff I told you about working on the building next door. Well, a lot of, a lot of pastors get up and say, well, if you don't come, you know, you don't love God. If you don't come and help, you don't love God. I'll be the only one here who loves God. And so they manipulate you to come. It's like, look, if you all don't show up tomorrow, I, I ain't going to think a thing about it. Because, you, you know, you may be busy. You don't have lives, right? Uh, and, and, but, you know, there may be some person, you know, I ain't helping. I don't care. You know, I mean, it's not nothing to me, right? I mean, because that's between you and God anyway. Uh, if you got an attitude about helping, I don't think anybody does in here, right? But if you did, what's that to me? I mean, am I going to feel bad? Am I going to get mad at you? How would that help me to get bitter towards you? You know, then we're both in a pickle there, aren't we? Amen. If I get bitter because of your bitterness. Uh, and so, but a lot of ministers, will, they feel like, the, uh, just like the scripture in, in Ephesians, right? In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, it says, And God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So it says he gave us a fivefold ministry gifts. In verse 12, it says why he gave them. For the, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I can't tell you how many ministers have said, Right there where it says, for the work of the ministry. He gave the fivefold ministry gifts so that you all can paint the walls with the work of the ministry. That's the work of the ministry. Cleaning the toilets, that's the work of the ministry. That is not the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is the evangelism of the world. The work of the ministry is, the, the, the Bible says, that we've all been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. All of us, right? Not just the pastor, but all of us have been given that ministry which means to, to tell the world they've been reconciled and brought into full favor with the Lord. And if you accept the Lord as your Savior, you get access to everything He has for you. That's the work of the ministry. That's the ministry of reconciliation that all of us have. The purpose of the fivefold ministry gift is to bring that ministry out of your heart, out of your lives, right? To show you that, yes, you can do that. You can invite people to church. You can evangelize them. You can tell them, you know, that God will bless them and increase them. That's the work of the ministry. My job up here is not to coerce you and to browbeat you into painting the wall or cleaning the toilets. Amen? Uh, uh, because all of that is stuff that just has to get done, right? It needs to get done. Uh, and, if, and if we would balance that out with the knowledge that all of us are servants, because we are all servants, amen, then your greatest, the greatest thing you can ever do for the Lord is to be a servant. Yeah. I mean, in what Jesus said, he's the greatest servant of all. Uh, and so if you, if you put things in balance... And, and quit trying to uh, force people to do things because it, God doesn't force anybody to do anything. You have a free will. He doesn't manipulate you. He just said, hey, I've got a great promise for you. If you accept me, uh, you know, I'll do anything for you. He doesn't, he doesn't say, if you don't accept me, you're going to die and go to hell. And that's true, but that's not the gospel. He didn't say go all over the world and browbeat people uh, into becoming Christians. He said, go and tell them good news that all their sins have been paid for, that they've been washed in the blood of Jesus if they'll accept, it, accept, his, uh, uh, accept the work of his son, amen? Uh, and so there's a lot of manipulation that goes on in the ministry because of fear. A lot of it is fear because if I, don't, if I don't pressure you into helping, then nobody will show up. You know, from my perspective, if nobody shows up, I, just, I may not even do it. Well, does it need to get done? Well, yeah. Well, well you know, if they don't show up, so, then it won't get done. Why do you think it took the Lord seven days to create the, or six days to create the entire universe and about 4,000 years to complete redemption? Because six days, nobody had to help him. Redemption, he had to have people. And it took so much longer, right? Anytime you get to depend on people, it's so much longer, right? I mean, just, you, you ever know that? I mean, even Proverbs says, one of my favorite Proverbs says that uh, 
confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. It just, you know, you just think about, I, I need help, and that guy's the only one who can help me. It's like, oh, I'd rather do anything than ask that guy. But he's the guy, right? But you'd rather just, I mean, you, you just like, just the worst, pain, right? Pain shows up when you think you've got to depend on that guy over there. Well, what did, what did the Lord have to do for thousands of years? He had to depend on Jacob, which lied and, and crooked and, and steel, right? And, and, and uh, uh, Tamar and, and uh, I mean, you know, Mo, the, Ruth was, was one of the women in the bloodline of Jesus. She's pretty good, but the other women are floozies, right? I mean, you had uh, Rahab. She was a harlot, but she got better, right? She, she straightened up. Uh, but then you got Tamar. She, she slept with her father-in-law or, and and Bathsheba, she was an adulteress, and I know she got, of course, you know, I mean, the king had something to do with it too, right? No, it, it takes two people to actually commit adultery, right? Uh, but, you know, I mean, the bloodline is full of just skeletons, right? You got any skeletons closet? It's full. I mean, you open up Jesus' closet and just, you know, you're, you're flooded with, you're knocked over with all the skeletons come out of there. Uh, and, and so, but he made it. He made it to the earth, didn't he? In spite of all the, the craziness that happened in his bloodline. Uh, and, and so it just... You know, it just takes longer when you got to depend on people. But you know what? The Lord's willing to depend on people. He needs, he desires to do that. And yeah, it may take him longer to get it done, but he'd rather work through people than not, than not work with anybody. Amen? And, I, you know, and so I learned that from the Lord. If he's, you know, if things take longer because he's got to depend on people, then, then he's fine with it. So I'm fine with it. Now, is he bitter about it? He's not bitter about it. So I'm not going to be bitter about it. Amen? Now, and so... Uh, so, I, you know, I just had a long time ago, I'm not going to get mad if, if, if anybody shows up. I'm not going to get mad if everybody shows up. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm fine either way. Uh, and I'm not going to be thinking, well, you know, they should have shown up. Because for me to say that, I would have to know what you're doing. I'd have to call you up, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. What, what do you mean nothing? Why aren't you here? I, I'm not doing that. You know, that's not, that is not my job. Amen? Uh, that is not my job. Because all it's going to do is breed content, uh, resentment uh, and, and breed, you know, uh, then you're, going to, you're only going to come because you don't want to get a phone call. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if your conscience can let you sit at home on the couch knowing all the work's getting done, none of my business, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm sincere about that. I mean, I, I, really, uh, I really make sure, because I observed a lot of those, some of those failings like that with my pastor, that he would get bitter about certain things. And, so I, and I'm going to follow God's plan. God's, you know, hey, if it takes us 6,000 years to build a building... God's just going to let me live long, a little bit longer, right? We ain't done with it yet. Uh, and so uh, there was one church over in Spain. It took them like 300 years to build. You know, and they, I think they just got it done a lot. Uh, and uh, I think they're about done with the, uh, um, with the Notre Dame Cathedral in, in Paris, right? You know, we were there, and like two months or three months after we were visited there, it burned down. It wasn't me. You know, we didn't do it. It, it was a long time after we left. But, uh, uh, but they spent... Uh, uh, they're estimating between $1.5 and $3 billion to renovate the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. So uh, if you want to complain about our project, you go talk to the Pope, right? Uh, And uh, (laughs) what's that? Yeah, it's going to be ready, I think, 2025, right? And so so I think it's still got a long way to go. Uh, And so it's a lot of work, right? So anyway, the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and so here we are in the book of Philippians. Uh, and so uh, let's just read our verse here and then we, we'll jump back over to Galatians. He says, now you Philippians know also, this is Galatians, or Philippians 4.15, uh, 
Uh, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So th- there was a, a, a part of this uh, uh, verses talking about the partnership that they had. Uh, and it's good to be partners with people, right? It's good to be partners with the church. It's good to be partners with people outside the church, with other ministries. Uh, and, um, and, you know, the ministers that come, I, I encourage you, you know, be partners with their ministries if you want to, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put you under pressure about it, but, uh, you know, they're solid ministers and they'd be good, uh, good ministers to hook up with um, and, uh, and to assist them in the work that they're doing for the Lord. So let's turn over to, back to the book of Galatians chapter 6. And just a couple other th- things I wanted to mention about these verses. We read them the other day, uh, but there's a little bit more we want to talk about here. Uh, he says in verse, uh, verse 6 here, it says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate or share with or provide assistance to him that teaches in all good things. Uh, and so that, that's an encouragement, right? That Paul is telling you that uh, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him or to assist and provide assistance for him uh, materially, right? Uh, that him that teaches all, all good things. Uh, and so uh, is that fair? You know, that, that's fair. Uh, but some people, you know, they, they'll say things like, well, the gospel is supposed to be free. Yes, we're not charging you for it. Uh, and, and the reason we're not charging you for it is because you couldn't pay what it's worth, right? That's why there's not a fee to come to church because how valuable is it to learn the things that you learn from the word of God? How much would you pay for it, you know? When I was in the corporate world, well, we dropped $2,500 to go to a, a, a three-day seminar and not think anything about it and fly and hotel and, and uh, rental cars. Boss, sign off on it all day long. Hey, boss, I need to go to this seminar. It's going to cost $2,500. Yeah, no problem. Three days, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, and that, it was worth it for that, right? How much is the, is the gospel worth to you? You learn how to live in peace every day. Learn to stop worrying every day. Learn to live in divine health every day. Learn to, to, to overcome adversity in your life every day. What, what is that worth to you? You know, people spend $100, $200, $300 an hour for therapy. I'm not your therapist, right? You're, the pastor's not a therapist. Or, oh, I'm going to therapy to church. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say anything like that because that's not scriptural phrasing. I would say something like, I'm going to get my mind renewed. Now, that is fair, right? Because when your mind is renewed, you start thinking like the Word thinks. You start thinking like God thinks. Uh, and so how, how uh, valuable is it? So, so there's, no, there's no number, right? So you couldn't, you couldn't say, well, that's, you know. And, and, it, and if you come up and say, Pastor, that was the best $3 sermon I've ever heard. Well, praise God. Did you give $3? Well, you know, then all right. Then we're even, right? Uh, you know, you're not, you're not paying for services rendered. I mean, it's sowing and reaping. It's, it's, it's uh, seed time and harvest. Uh, and so Paul is telling you that it's fair for that exchange, amen? Is that a fair exchange? Uh, and, you know, I think, I think the vast majority of Christians are okay with that. But you get, there's a lot of Christians who are resentful that they have to give or that they should give in church. They don't have to give, right? Uh, well, I mean, I say they don't have to give. Uh, is this a suggestion or a commandment? Let him that is taught the word of uh, communicated in him that teaches all good things. Is that a suggestion? No, it's a commandment, right? So should you do that? Yes. But is it my job to enforce that rule? Not my job to enforce that rule. Amen. It's the Lord's job to enforce that rule. Uh, and so, so it's, it's, it's a commandment. Uh, but there are some people who just, they just really haven't, and it really bothers me that they do that. Because to me, it's like, man, you know, I want to help. I want to be a blessing. You know, if you're going to spend the time in prayer and study and, 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 and give me a revelation from heaven, I would like to, I'd like to give back to you 
you know, I'm a minister, but when, when I go to Brother Randy's meetings or any of the meetings, you know, I went down to one just the other day, I want to participate in, in assisting that ministry just because I, because first of all, I'm not afraid to give, right? Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, uh, this is what Paul is saying here. So if Paul says, see, when we read this, uh, what you should always do anytime a verse is read, you should always check your heart. Any resentment when that, when that verse is read to you? And he was, well, we should have if, if, if that little man, you know, the old man rises up on the inside of you when this verse is read, you might want to check up on why that old man is rising up, right? Because you, you should be able to read that and go, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. Anytime you see the word of God in, in something like this, it's really a commandment, your response in your heart should be, okay, Lord, I'll be glad to do that. But if there's resentment, well, I shouldn't have to give, you know, the gospel is supposed to be free and, you know, well, yeah, I mean, it, it is, there's no charge, you know, there's no cover charge, right? I mean, you go to, you go to some bars, some, I, I've heard anyway, because I've never been to a bar like that. I've heard it's a cover charge, right? Which means you walk in, you've got to pay so much money to just walk in the door. Is that true? I guess that, right? Is that what a cover charge for? I don't know, you know. Uh, so I avoided all of that because I'm the youngest of 11, right? All the other ones in the family did those types of things. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, right? And so, uh, but anyway, I've heard rumors that that's a thing, right? Uh, and, so, and why did you do that? Well, because they want a base amount of, they want to guarantee a certain amount of money coming in, right, part of it. And, and so when you th- start throwing a beer bottle to the chicken wire, then they have money to clean up everything, right? And so uh, anyway, we're, we're, not a, we're not a beer joint or anything like that. But, but um, you know, they, uh, there's no cover charge here, right? There's no uh, re- requirement to do anything. Uh, and, and it's not, again, and, and I keep saying this, but I, but I need to make sure that everybody believes me. It's not my responsibility to tell you to do these things, right? It's my job to tell you that the Word tells you to do these things, amen? And then leave it up to you to decide. And I think, you know, the vast majority of Christians are fine with this, but every now and then you, you get people that just have an attitude about money. Uh, and, um, and you know what, what I say around here a lot is, if you're complaining about money, who do you sound the most like? Right? We know the answer, right? It's Judas, right? Who's the only one to complain about money in the Gospels? It was Judas, <laughs> and why was he complaining about the money? Remember, he was complaining about the, the alabaster box that was broken, you know, and wasted all that money for the Lord. Why was he complaining about the money? The Bible tells you in the story, it says, because he was a thief. And, and see, he's thinking, I can sell that uh, expensive perfume for some money, skim some money off the top, and be better off. He's a thief, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, why, do, why do some people get resentful uh, when, when people talk about money in the church? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I could just say it because they're thieves, right? Uh, the, some of these people that are resentful because they're thieves because they, they don't want to give to the Lord. They want to spend all their money on themselves, right? They're going to buy this new widget, this new gadget. You know, they're going to eat out. They're going to, you know, buy this, buy that. Well, they're thieves, right? Now, now the Lord said to call them thieves back in Malachi. Remember Malachi, right? If you don't bring tithes and offerings to the church, he said, uh, because of robbery, because you've stolen from me. Now, again, you're not a curse, but you're still a thief, right? You're just an uncursed thief. Right. And so uh, if, if you're if you're if the Lord wants you to give and you're not giving, well, he calls you a thief. Right. And now, I'm not trying to beat up anybody, but I didn't write this stuff. Right. And so my job is to report. You, you can decide. Amen. Uh, and so. But see, verse six, there's, there's no there's no condemnation in verse six. It's just here's what you should do. Amen. It's a fair exchange. Amen. Uh, because if you go back to Ephesians 411, or the fivefold ministry gift in verse 12, it says that the, the fivefold ministry gift, which would include the pastor, is given 
first and foremost to perfect the saints, right? To cause you to grow up, to assist you to grow up spiritually. And that implies then, if that's true, that he's given the pastors and the other ministries to assist you in your spiritual growth, then that means that there are things in your life that you will never, ever grow up into unless you sit under a pastor. If the, if, but the, the, if the Lord set it up that way, right, that he gave us the fivefold ministry gift to assist you to grow up, to, to mature, then that means you cannot do that on your own. You are unable to do that on your own. And the Lord will invest uh, supernatural revelation into true ministers with the ability to assist you to grow up. Uh, and, and how much is that worth? But see, there's a lot of Christians because of technology and you know, now the Bible is everywhere, and you can, you can get an iPad. And I mean, my iPad, I've got, I've literally got hundreds of tr- Bible translations on my iPad right now. I can read them all, right? I, well, I don't know how long it would take me to read them all. That's a lot, right? 300 translations. Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> uh, but they think because they have that, the access to that information, that all they need is information. But the church doesn't need information. The church needs revelation. Information can come from your iPad. Revelation comes from heaven. And revelation is granted by the Spirit of God according to his will. And he'll grant revelation to the ministry gifts that he'll never grant to somebody who's not in a ministry. That's the way he set it up that way. And why did he set it up that way? He, you have to ask him. He's the head of the church, right? He said, I gave these gifts for the perfecting of the saints, so that help the saints to grow up. And, and, and uh, I've, not, I've not assigned them the ability to grow up on their own. I've assigned them the, the ability to go and hear from uh, the ministers of the church and to take that revelation that, that I've given to the ministers and to assist them to grow up uh, spiritually. So that means you need me. Amen? Now, I need you too. Right? Amen? So we need each other. And I always believe we always need each other. Amen? Uh, but we need each other for the things that God has gifted us in. Uh, and so, uh, and that should be okay, right? Uh, and and I, you know, I do believe that the majority of churches is fine with that. But you do get some rebellious Christians who think, I can, I can get it all on my own. I don't need a minister. I don't need a pastor. I can just sit at home, and I can get it on the TV, or I can get it out of a book. I can get it on my own. And, and I'll bet every penny I've ever had, because it won't matter then, but when we get to heaven, uh, I'll show you how wrong that mentality was. Now, I learned a long time ago, well, Lord, if you set it up that way, okay. You said I've got to have a pastor? No, no problem. I'll go, I'll go have a pastor in my life. Amen. I'll, I'll let him speak into my life. Now, and, and that should be a, a, an easy thing to do. And it is, I think, for the vast majority of the church. But every now and then you get people and, and they'll come in, you know, to the church. And, uh, and you'll ask them, you know, uh, hey, uh, what church are you a member of? And they'll say, like, oh, I'm a member of the church, right? Which means not yours, right? And not anybody else's. I'm on my own, right? Well, where do you go to church? Oh, the Lord didn't tell me to go to any church in particular. I just, I just bounce around and help where I can. Blah, 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 right? Uh, I mean, do you see any sheep wandering around from farmer to farmer? Well, I go to, the, I go to that farmer because he's got really good wheat. I go to that farmer over there because he shares me really well. I go to that farmer over there because, you know, uh, he cleans up after me every time. You know, uh, he's great, you know. So I've, got, I've really got three shepherds in my life, right? I get everything I need from, but it takes three shepherds because I need a lot of work. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you know why sheep don't do that? Because they're not, they're not smart enough to do that, right? They're stupid. Sheep are some of the stupidest, stupidest mammals on the face of the earth. I mean, they're really, really dumb. I mean, you say dumb as a brick, that, that, that's, that, that, would, be, uh, 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 that would be a good thing to say to a sheep. 
dumb as a brick. Oh, I've really moved up, right? Because sheep are like, you got brick here, and then right below there is a sheep, right? And so, uh, uh, well, who called us sheep? Jesus did, right? He, you know, he's still laughing about that, right? Yeah, they call them sheep. They think, oh, it's because we're so warm and fuzzy and cute. Yeah, well, that's true, but you're also dumb as a brick, right? Now, look, when I'm not in this pulpit, I'm a sheep too, right? I have to go here, minister. That's why I go, I mean, that's why I go places. I got, you know, to me, it's continuing education. I've got to learn stuff. And there's things, that if you go to Ephesians chapter 2 and chapter 3, there's things that uh, the Lord says, in fact, we'll just read it real quick. Just, you know, we're on this path. We'll just stay on this path for just a minute. He says, uh, and, and look, I said this one time and somebody got mad at me. I didn't write this. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, right? Uh, but it says here, uh, uh, in verse, uh, this is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says, and I built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. <clears throat> and then in chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Well, in chapter 4, right, we're in chapter, that was chapter 3, chapter 4, in verse 11, it has five ministries mentioned. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but in chapters 2 and 3, it only mentions the apostles and prophets for specific revelation. So, uh, that, what that tells me is there are certain things that the Lord will tell an apostle and a prophet that he'll never tell the pastor. That means I've got to go find me an apostle and prophet to listen to. Now, there's one, one reason why I hang around Brother Randy. He stands in the office of the prophet. Well, well, why do you like to hear him? Because he's a prophet. And there are things the Lord would tell him that he'll never tell me as a pastor. If this, if this, is that what it says? That he's revealed this only to apostles and prophets, right? It doesn't say, or in three, yeah. It says, revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. Well, who's missing? Well, I'm, I'm missing. I'm a pastor. I'm not an apostle or prophet. I'm a pastor pastor, teacher, really, but in that sense, but I'm not either one of those. So that means that he's revealing things to apostles and prophets, and he, and he included specifically apostles and prophets to let us know this is not Old Testament people he's talking about. It's about New Testament people, because there are no apostles in the Old Testament. Uh, there, are, there are prophets in the Old Testament, but there are no apostles. And so he's talking about New Testament church. There are certain things he will reveal to the, the apostles and prophets that he will not reveal to the, to the evangelist, to the teacher, to the pastor. And so if I want those things, I've got to go find those ministry gifts to listen to. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Dufresne stood in the office of the apostle. And Brother Randy stands in the office of the prophet. And, and uh, of course, Dr. Dufresne's gone now. I haven't, I haven't found an apostle yet to replace him. But there's one out there. I know somewhere, right? And I, I need to find one, right? And, and, uh, and I'm always looking. But, you know, you've got to weed through a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, stubble to get to the hay sometimes, right? And so... So am I good with that? Am I good as a pastor that there's things that the Lord will never tell me that he'll only tell an apostle and prophet? 100%. I didn't write this. And I read that and go, yeah, no problem. No problem, Lord. For me to say, I can get it all on my own. And the Lord's like, well, what about Ephesians 3, 5? Well, you know, yeah, what'd you say? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when a doubt mumble, right? That's what you're supposed to do. When, when you don't know what to say, you just mumble. What'd you say? Well, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I'm okay with that. But so sheep should be okay with that too, right? There's certain things that you'll never learn spiritually unless you sit under a pastor. Well, that, that's okay, right? That, that, does that mean I'm God? Well, no. I mean, any more than the apostles and prophets are God. It's just, there's just things that the Lord decides to set it this way. And a, a part of the reason why he did that is because we need to make sure we, we always remember we need each other. And as soon as you think you don't need a pastor, you're, you're wrong and you're in error. Uh, and, and you'll never grow up spiritually. 
you'll always be rebellious, you'll always be, you know, on the outskirts of the uh, fringe on the church, you know, you'll never be connected with the church. You know, certain people that just, they'll, they'll never, uh, there's certain people that they'll never help, right? I mean, if, 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 if they won the lottery and never had to work it again, they, they still wouldn't show up for the work to help with the church. Because there's certain people who just, they don't want the church to think that, that uh, they expect them to be there, right? They don't, they don't want to be responsible to show up, right? And some people are just that way. And that's just the deal, right? You're always going to have certain people that do that. You always have certain people that won't give. You always have certain people that think they can get everything on their own. It's just, what's all, all of that is rooted in the same original sin of rebellion, right? It's all, I want to do things my way. I don't want to submit to the word of God. I don't want to submit to his church. I want to do things my, my way. And the problem with that mentality is, as long as there is eternity, somebody's always going to be over you. If you're at the top of the heap, Jesus is still going to be over you. God's, the Father's still going to be over you. The Holy Spirit's going to be over you. And see, uh, Lucifer, he wasn't happy with that, right? He said, I will exalt my throne above the throne of the Most High God. He, he didn't like it. He didn't like that he was the, the highest created being, the only anointed being that we, the only being that we ever know that's, that was called anointed other than Jesus. Uh, and of course, now humans, right? But before that, he's the only anointed being that was created that we know of. Still wasn't good enough. Still wasn't good enough. He wanted, he wanted everything. And, and people think, well, I, yeah, I don't want to be that way. You are that way. If, if, if reading these verses causes resentment and rebellion to rise up in your heart, you might want to check up on, on your mentality and how you think about the church and how the Lord set these things up. Uh, and and just, just burn that rebellion out of your heart. You know, get it out of your heart and, be, uh, and submit to the Word of God. Right? You, you don't have to submit to me. I'm not your God. I'm not your Holy Ghost. You don't answer to me in, in, in that regards. Uh, but uh, if the word of God is clear about some, uh, uh, some things, your response should be, yes, sir, I'll be glad to do it that way. No problem, right? When, when I read Ephesians 3, 5, Lord, there's things, you, you mean, Lord, there's things you'll never tell me as a pastor? I'm a minister. The Lord's like, yep, there's going to be lots of things I, don't, I won't ever tell you that I'll tell the, the apostle and prophet. Okay, no problem, Lord. I'll go find me an apostle and prophet um, and, and hear from them, Amen. There's lots of things Brother Randy says that, you know, that I add to my life. Amen. Uh, and so uh, uh, let's, let's go back then to Ephesians or to back to Galatians. Uh, he said, uh, let him that is taught in the word communicated to him that teaches in all good things. So are we okay with that verse? I'm okay with it, right? Uh, he said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. So the word mocked means to turn your nose up at. You ever been mocked about something? You know, somebody just like, you know, well, 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 what's Paul saying there? For the people who say, I don't have to give because the gospel should be free, they're mocking God. They're turning the nose up of God. So I don't have to do what you say. I don't have to do it that way. You know, they can get, you know, they got plenty of money. What, what, what's, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, but see, mockery is that way. I mean, if, if you're bold enough to turn your nose up of God, which is what mockery is, you're, you're a better man than I am. I mean, I, can, I, just, you know, live, I would live in fear for something, having an attitude like that. But he says, for those who, who say, I don't have to give, you know, because that person's already got plenty of money. Well, didn't they help you? Yeah, but they already got plenty of money. Yeah, but the Bible says you should communicate and give to those who, who assist you in these things, right? Well, I don't have to do that. Well, then you're mocking God. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, is that what it says? God is not mocked. If you rebel against verse six, then you're mocking God. Amen. You're turning your nose up at God. I don't have to do it that way. You know, that, that's serious. I mean, that's, that's like, 
like really serious, right? That's like lightning bolt kind of serious, right? God is not mocked. Uh, and he says, uh, why is he not? He said, uh, uh, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So what if you're sowing nothing? What are you going to reap? Well, nothing, right? Well, Lord, I, I need help. It's like, uh, let me check your sowing record, right? Well, I haven't gotten around to it yet, Lord. I mean, I, I, I knew a fellow one time. He, was, he said, I'm, I'm called to the ministry. Yeah, that's great. Coming to church here, well, you know, for a, a season, never gave. And he told me, he said, pretty soon I'm going to start tithing. Pretty soon. Like, well, what's wrong with today? And I didn't say anything. I, again, not my job to tell him what to do. But he, I'm working up to it. Well, okay, what are you working up to, right? Now, look, if you're going to be in the ministry, does the Lord expect more of the ministers than he expects of the sheep? He does, right? For one thing, he says ministers are supposed to be an example of a believer, right? See, I should never, I mean, it's not that I'm perfect, but I shouldn't sit up on my high horse and say, you've got to do this even if I'm not doing it. I mean, and I actually heard a minister about that. You know, he said, I don't have to do everything I'm preaching. Really? You don't have to do it. Then why are you preaching it? Look, I'm not perfect, but, you know, and there, there are plenty of times when I'm preaching to myself, right? I mean, you all could leave, and I'd still be happy because I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really good. I need to hear that again, right? Uh, and so, uh, so if you're, if you're sowing nothing, then, then what are you reaping? Then you're reaping nothing. Now, is God punishing you? He's not punishing you. He said, that's the deal. You've got your part, and if you do your part, I'll always do my part. But if you don't do your part, I can't do my part. It's not him punishing you about him not doing his part. It's, well, I'm waiting for you to do your part. Well, Lord, I, I, don't, I, I can't afford to do my part. Well, it's like, hey, that's a real problem there, isn't it? You're kind of stuck. I, I, don't, I got nothing for you, right? Because <laughs> he said, whatever man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Uh, and now, see, is that rocket science? It's not rocket science, you know? Well, I don't want to give. Okay, fine. Then you're mocking God, and, and you're not going to reap. Now, you can go work 80 hours a, a week, right, and, and kind of make up for the blessings of the Lord and, and say, well, look how prosperous I am. Uh, but you're digging your grave early if you're doing that, right? And so, uh, but you can, you can, you know, overcome a little bit of the blessings of the Lord by, by either, you know, hook or crook or by working extra hard. I'd rather just rest in the blessings of the Lord, amen? Just do what he says. And he says, if you sow, you're going to reap. That's something, that's something like a pretty good deal to me, right? So, why are you afraid to give, right? That's what I never have understood people, why they're afraid to give. Why have they set up their finances in such a way that they're unable to give to the Lord? Because all of the blessings of the Lord uh, financially come from the, the law of seed time and harvest. Now, and that's not, it's, it's, really? That's, that sounds like new information. That is not new information. That, that was, remember we read that in, in Genesis chapter 8, right? It was way back in the beginning that he established the spiritual law of seed time and harvest is not new information, right? And very few Christians think that's new information, right? They may act like it's, oh, really? Sowing and reaping is a thing? It's always been a thing, right? Uh, and, and so he says, uh, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now, if uh, sowing to the flesh, if all you're spending uh, your finances on is just your own flesh, right? Your own desires. Uh, and, and look, um, we got to eat, right? We got to buy clothes. Just, we got to have things, right? I mean, it's not like we shouldn't ever spend any, pun any money on us. But uh, what happens is we, we fill up our entire financial ability with everything that we wanted. And we buy everything on time, and, and, and we wake up one day, and we've got 6,000 things that we're paying for on time, and we've got no money left over for the Lord. And we sure can't tithe, you know. 
Uh, and I understand, you know, these things happen, uh, you know, and, and if people get themselves in a hole and they get in, in a bind, and that's the reality of life, right? But the only way out from the Lord's perspective is to start to give, amen? And, and I always encourage everybody, look, if you've if you got financial difficulties, you give something, right? Give it by faith. Give a penny by faith. Say, Lord, this is all I've got, but I'm going to give it to you today. And you do it in faith. I, and, and I'm 100% sincere of that. Because if you don't do that, if you give nothing, then, then there's nothing to receive from. Amen? If, if you can't even give a penny. I mean, you walk down the road, you'll find a penny, right? I'd even give you a penny. If you want to start with a penny, I'd give you a penny, right? I've got a whole jar of them at home. I, you, I can get you set up for years, right? And you give a penny every week for years. But, you know, if you gave faithfully like that, you wouldn't be giving pennies long. Amen? You'd be able to double up. I gave two pennies last week, right? Uh, and and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm as serious as I could be. You know, I, I know what it's like. I grew up with no money. I know what it's like to not have money. Having money is way better than not having money. Amen? But I started giving when I, when I first got saved as a 15-year-old, tithing on my Social Security check. I have not stopped since then. And I've never been a day, not a day, with a, with, when I needed a dollar or any of or, or thousands of dollars. The Lord's always provided. It's always, he's always then been there. Never not been there. For as long as I've been, and so uh, it, it works, amen. Uh, and and um, I, I really wanted to read verse nine. It's why, why I wanted to finish it up, and we'll finish it up and we'll go because he says, uh, well, the end of verse eight says, uh, "He that soweth his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption." You know, there's no long-term eternal benefit of spending all your money on your own natural needs. There's no eternal value of that. Sometimes, some of, plenty of it's necessary, right? You've got to have a house, you've got to have a car, I mean, or a place to live. I mean, I, you don't have to buy a house. I'm not trying to get you to buy a house. It's not the American dream here we're talking about. It's just the Lord, right? You buy whatever you want to buy. You live in, you know, live in a, I don't care where you live, you know, live in a hole for all I care, right? It doesn't matter to me. But you've got to have, you've got to live somewhere, right? Well, I don't have a place to lay my head. You're not Jesus, right? Uh, even Jesus did have a place to lay, lay his head on occasion. Uh, and so he said, uh, but he that soweth, to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting so there is the, and when it says reap life everlasting that word life there is is the greek word zoe right so there's several greek words for zoe for life there but this one is zoe and it means the god kind and the god quality of life so if you want to have the god kind and the god quality of life then follow his instructions amen i, I want to you know i, I want to live like you live okay then give i want okay i want to live like you live but not do the things you've done. Okay, well, it doesn't really work that way. I mean, you, God just doesn't give you stuff, you know. It's, it's sowing and reaping, amen? Uh, and so is there, is there value, according to the Word of God, in following His plan? There is, because He said if you sow to the Spirit, in other words, if you sow what the Spirit is telling you to do, right, whatever He tells you, if He tells you to give a penny, man, I'd give a penny. I mean, seriously. You know, uh, Brother Copeland talks about when he first started, he didn't have anything to give except for the pencil they gave him to fill out his offering envelope. And so he, put the, he filled out the offering envelope and put the pencil they just gave him in the offering envelope as an offering. Uh, and so now he's got five jet airplanes. I think he's doing okay for himself. But he started somewhere. He said, I'm, I'm going to give something, Lord. And all he had to give was what they gave him to give. Uh, and so if you want to uh, give us the envelope back that we gave to you to give, praise God, you know, do it that way, right? Uh, but I would encourage you, you know, I, and I always, uh, and look, I've always lived this way, and uh, it's always worked out well for me, amen? Uh, and, and, and the va- last verse I wanted to read in verse 9, 
And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In due season, amen. Uh, when will the Lord give back to you? When will you reap? I don't know, but it'll be in due season. That means it's, it's coming. It's always, he's never going to, you're never going to be, uh, the Lord's never going to be in debt to you. If you give, he will uh, give back to you, right? He, if you sow, he will cause you to reap. You're, you're never going to be like, Lord, I gave and you ain't giving nothing back to me. That, that scenario has never happened. Now, if you give out of emotions or you give out of compulsion or you give, you know, out of, well, if I give, I'm going to get all this money back. You know, if you give with the wrong motives or wrong, you know, you know if you give, well, I gave to the church, so now you've got to do something for me. Well, that string's attached, right? I mean, you, you take, the envelope out of the, take the envelope out of the offering basket, you know, when you count again, it's like, what's this right here? It's a string. It's like, well, where's it going, right? And you pull on it, and someone goes, ow, right? And, and so, well, well, they want something in return for their giving. Well, that's not sowing to the Spirit. That's sowing to the flesh. I want something back. I'm a big giver. I want to sit on the front row. I'd like to sit on the front row anyway. You don't have to pay for it. Just come up and sit over here, right? Yeah, and so uh, it's, uh, it's all right, right? You know the front row sits just as well as the back row does, right? And one of these days, I'm just going to move my podium back there, right? You all stay where you're at. I'll just move the podium back there, and, and then uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be all right, right? And so, but he says, don't be weary in well-doing. You know, the Lord's going to, he's going to take care of you. You've got to have confidence in that. Don't, don't well, I, I did it. I told you about the lady, you know, who had never tithed, and she did it for a week, and she came and said, nothing's changed. You, you, so you've tithed for a whole week. And nothing's changed yet? Yeah. So how long didn't you tithe? Well, you know, I'm like 55 years old, so I've not tithed for 55 years, but I tithe once. And, and so you want the Lord to change, to forget everything you've never done and, and just, you know, change everything today. Well, yeah. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, not on your schedule, on his schedule, right? Now, like he's not going to leave, leave you out to hang out to dry, but it, you're, you're being a little... Uh, presumptuous to demand that the Lord ignore everything you haven't done for the last 50 years and just, you know, oh, that's okay, honey, we'll just, you know, we'll call it even. How's that, you know? Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know in heaven if there's an account that you owe, right? I mean, you know, I mean, there are some things in the scriptures we could look at, but uh, we're not, I'm not trying to beat up anybody, you know. Uh, if, you've not, if you've not done what you're supposed to do, and you, but, but you know it, you talk to the Lord about it. Amen. You, you work out a negotiation with him because that's above my pay grade anyway, right? Lord, you know, I've, not, I've been unfaithful to do these things. You know, would you forgive me? You know, he probably would. Well, he would, right? If he, asked, if he actually asked him that, right? He would forgive you. Uh, and then, you know, he'd let you start from scratch, I'm sure. But you still got to start giving, amen? Uh, and so, but don't be weary in well-doing. The Lord will take care of you. He will always take care of you. He will never leave you hanging. Uh, you know, one of my favorite scriptures there in, uh, in Psalms uh, says that I was young and now I'm old. And, and I'm not old yet, though. So I always, I always adjust it just a little bit. I was young and now I'm older. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And is that true? I mean, I'm only older now. I'm not old yet, but I'm only older and, uh, I mean, I'm, we're, he's batting a 1,000 so far, as far as I can tell. He never missed a, never missed a lick. Amen? Uh, and so, you know, the, to me, these verses, I know there's some correction in here, but these verses are encouraging to me. Because, see, I didn't know. When I got saved, I didn't know. I grew up with nothing. I didn't know how to get out of nothing. How do you get out of nothing? 
you got nothing, you know. How do you get out of nothing? Uh, and, you know, for me, I, I tell you this and we'll go, but, you know, when I grew up, uh, you know, I, I, was, I, was always, I was always the smart one, right, in, in the school. And, I mean, just school was easy. I'd just go in Asia. You know, when I moved to Tennessee, when I moved to Tennessee in, in um, the end of fifth grade, uh, I came to school. And the second day I was at school, they had a, had a test, like a science test. I've only been there one day. I made 100 on the test, right? And, and they all hated me for that, right? <laughs> it's like, sorry, you know, is it, you know, some things is just, that was my gift, right? Just, school has always been easy for me, right? And, and so, um, <clears throat> but the thoughts of me, like going to college, being able to go to college, that, that, I, I didn't even think about stuff like that. that, that it wasn't like, oh, I wish I could. It was never... It wasn't even a, a wish I could. That was just, well, who does stuff like that, right? I don't, we don't do stuff like that. We don't go to college. You know, we just we graduate and we work till we're dead. I mean, that's the deal, right? And look, college isn't for everybody. And I'm not trying to say college is for everybody. But you know, for someone like me, that, was, that would have been a reasonable route to go through, right? Because I'd be, you know, I'd be working at a factory going, you know, I think we should make this machine better. You know, I mean, I'd be, because my brain works that way, right? I, I would just, the Lord made me that way, and, and that's okay, right? Uh, and I don't think, well, if you don't go to college, you're not as good of, plenty of people shouldn't go to college, right? Plenty of people are way better at doing what they do than, than if they'd gone to college, right? And, and a lot of people, I think they were wasting their money going to college. But for me, that, you know, uh, and so it wasn't until I started going to church that, I even had a vision that it could happen. And then I read Joshua 1.8, you know, and, and, and just, I know we're, we're a little bit late, but you, you got to read it, right? Because Joshua 1.8, uh, I was reading this verse, and because, um, you know, I started in Genesis, and I was all the way up to the book of Joshua, right? So you've got to slog your way through Leviticus numbers. Deuteronomy isn't so bad, but uh, Leviticus, man, it's tough, right? It's tough reading the book of Leviticus. But in Joshua 1.8, this is right after Moses died, he said, uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. I thought, you know, I can do that. I could read the scriptures and try to do everything that's written in the scriptures. I, you know, I, Lord, I want to do that. I don't know what they are, but I, you know, when I get there, I'll find out and I'll do it. He said, then, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And the Lord gave me revelation when I read that verse. And I know, look, this, this, is this a common verse? Everybody knows this verse. As far as I was concerned, nobody had ever heard this verse before in their life. I was the first one in the history of humanity that had ever read this verse. Because it was so new. It was like, when I read this verse, and I'm, I don't know why I was, I, I can tell you exactly where I was at. I was at our house in the foyer. I don't know why I was, had my Bible, reading the, in the Bible in the foyer, but I'd read, you know, I'd read my Bible every day for like an hour every day. Uh, and I read this, and I, and I said, I said these words, I said, this is how I'm going to go to college. I was a sophomore in high school. I said, this is how I'm going to go to college. This verse right here is going to allow me to be prosperous enough to go to college. Because my parents were gone, right? I was an orphan at that time. Uh, and so how do you go to college as an orphan? You can't just say, hey, mom. I mean, back then you had to have an adult to co-sign for a loan for you. Now they just give it to everybody, right? And if you're, and if you're an illegal alien, just give it to you anyway, right? But if you're, uh, back then you had to have an actual, a, a responsible adult to sign, co-sign for you because... You know, the president would just write a check and give it to you, right? Back then, you had to be responsible. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to get into politics, but, but I knew there was no way out. This, this, there was no way for my family to back me to go to college, right? But the Lord can't, because he said, if you'll do this, you'll be prosperous. 
I thought, well, then I can do it, Lord, because I'm going to do what you said I could do. And if I do my part, then you'll make, and, and sure enough, you know, in fact, that's how me and Chris met was she was my own personal financial aid assistant. And I had all kinds of scholarships and all kinds of money from Moose Lodge and Walmart and all kinds of scholarships and grants. And, and uh, she's like, who is this guy, right? Uh, and so, because so, she, she worked in financial aid. Uh, and so, but see, I would have had the vision to do that until this revelation dropped in my heart uh, that I could do it. And so pro- prosperity is what got me through college. I went through college, no student loans. I didn't have to get any student. I didn't even know there was a thing. You can just get a loan. I just give you money. I, you know, I, I just assumed that, well, you've got to do this on your own between you and the Lord. I mean, it wasn't just on your own, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't think you could just call people and just give you free money. Not, it's not free, right? The string's attached. You've got to pay them back someday. Uh, and so, and look, if you've got student loans, I don't care. I'm not trying to, I'm just saying that if you do this, you don't need student loans, right? Uh, and so, uh, it, it's, uh, this is good. So, I learned this as, in high school. Okay, Lord, I'm going to, then, then when I see, then this is Joshua. Well, I already passed all the, the law where it talks about tithing and giving. Okay, yeah, Lord, I've been giving already, so I'll just keep on doing it. And, and you'll make my way prosperous? Yeah. And you'll, you'll give me good success? Yeah. Okay, I can do that, Lord. Is that fair? Yeah. All right, I'll take, the, I'll take it. I'll take the deal. And the Lord's like, okay, when you want to start? We'll start right now, right? And so I started giving then. Never have stopped giving, and, and it's all good. Amen. I went through college, no, no student loans, no, no debt, right? Uh, and so... And since I didn't get enough the first time, I went back a second time. And, and, uh, and went back the second time. Uh, they said, well, I'll tell you what. We'll pay you $700 a month to come to school. Uh, and everything else is paid for. We'll just pay you. How about if we do that? Okay, where do I sign? Uh, and so, and, but, but uh, how does that happen? It happens because the Lord is faithful. Do not be weary in well-doing. For in due season thou shalt reap, if thou faint not. Amen. Uh, and so the Lord is good, amen, and he's always good. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word, and Father, we thank you that we, will, that we never have to be weary in well-doing. We, it's a joy to give, Father. We're glad to give because, Father, you will, you will uh, grant unto us, Father, reapings from our sowings. You will grant to us harvests, Father, from our sowing. And so, Lord, we will never be resentful. We'll only do exactly in everything that you ask us to do, Father, knowing that if we're faithful to do what you ask us to do, that you'll always be faithful to do what you said you would do. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Seems like a good time to give, right? And so, uh, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, And then uh, next week, we're going to actually talk about uh, the ministry side of things. uh, And um, Paul has a lot to say about that. We're just going to take one one, um, passage that he mentioned this in. Because, uh, you know, Paul does make a good case because he's addressing some of the things, some, some, um, uh, some things that people have said against the ministries. Uh, and so he addresses that, right? And he's, he's making the case that, look, you need to get off of it, right? You need to quit being so resentful about the ministry. Uh, and so, uh, and he actually has a lot to say about it, but, he, but we're just going to read one passage of that. And so, but it'll be good, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, and actually, you're going to be here next Wednesday, right? Because I'm going to be in New York. So, all right, come ahead, Mr. Jay, to receive the offering. And so don't forget, uh, we'll be here today, tomorrow at 4.30. Um, we're going to start uh, covering up those windows. And however much time we got, if we get done really quick, we may go ahead and start cleaning up. Because uh, we don't have much to do in there, but we got a little bit of stuff to do back here uh, in preparation for the construction there. So, are we good?
Yes, ma'am. What's that? You bring the duct tape? Okay, I'll go get 6,000 square feet of the, uh, well, I'll get the moisture barrier, probably good stuff, right? It won't, it won't. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are professional duct tape people, right? And so, uh, yeah, I was going to get the, the cheap stuff, right? The, the, the unlabeled duct tape, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want to stay up, right? Uh, and so, uh, and it should stay up for at least six weeks, right? Actually, it should be less than that because at some point we get new windows, right? But that'll probably be the last thing they do so that they make the big reveal and then change out the windows. And by that time, we'll have our, our government grants and all that stuff going too, right? So, uh, and we'll see if they get the grants. Uh, well, if we have to divide it up and do the inside first and do the outside later, that's fine. If we get the grants, we may be able to do the whole project all at once and just take a stick of dynamite to the driveway and, and parking lot and all that stuff there. <clears throat> and um, we'll see. It's all good either way, right? We're under no pressure. It's all good, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'll ask him. Um, I had asked the manager a thousand years ago if, they, if we could use that if we needed it sometime, but uh, the, yeah, so Chris owns that building. I'll talk to him and or Mr. Sneed, and um, he's not the guy from, from uh, 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 Peter Pan, right? That's Sneed, right? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I don't know what, the, they just said springtime is when we're going to do it, so it'd be really sweet if they'd get that done. I mean, uh, March is springtime, right? Yeah, I know, they got, they're not actually closed on it, so I thought they were, but they're still working on some. But, so the, the city bought, uh, is buying all this property uh, behind the church, and um, they're going to pay, the, the TVA actually owns this, this land out here, but they're going to pave all of that, you know. And so the only thing better than buying land and you paving it, the city buying the land and then paving it, right? And so... If they build us a giant parking lot, we'll use it. Amen? Uh, and then we'll fill up the rest of the building and all is well. Amen? All right. We'll, we'll see you all tomorrow.